Welcome to the Games Under Grace podcast. I'm your host, Sam, and with me I have the boys, sorry, uh, Derek, Malachi, and David. Say hi, guys. Hi, boys. Hello. And um, once again, we are a video game podcast, and we're all uh, incidentally writers for the Geeks Under Grace uh, website, uh, which also has their own podcast, so if you want to check that out, go ahead. Uh, it's not too hard to find. So you guys are fine in this one. Uh, but yeah, basically the website, um, it pretty much covers everything uh, related to geek culture from a Christ-like perspective. Um, so if you need that sort of uh, point of view with anything that you buy, go right ahead and check us out over there. Uh, and uh, basically how this goes, um, I don't know if it's... I don't know if I should even bother explaining the format at this point. It could change pretty soon, but um, yeah, we'll we basically just go over like anything that we've done with video games. Um, go over some news, which there is quite a bit of news this week for sure, and uh, and then also just ended off with uh, a discussion um, by one of us. Um, and we're also actually uh, open for Q and A as well. So if you like this podcast, uh, go ahead and leave a leave us a question at my personal Twitter at uh, skimlives, all one word. And yeah, that's basically it. Um, David, why don't you start off? How what have you been up to? I've been up to playing a lot of Stardew Valley because the new update came out last week and it's amazing um and i've also been playing a lot of final fantasy 7 remake and a little bit of valheim what's valheim yeah this game a norse mythology inspired survival rpg <laughs> um it's it plays with the mythology a lot and it has this um 10th world which uh, is it's where I guess dead warriors go if they don't make it to Valhalla and they have to slay I think nine monsters to get to Valhalla so this is like Nordic purgatory <laughs> yeah I guess interesting I've played it for a few hours and I've made very little progress I've mainly just spent the time building a little house for myself. That sounds like progress to me. Yeah. I mean, in Animal Crossing, that's a big deal. Yeah, that's true. Now, you this probably game is... don't have loans in Valhalla, though, so... This game is getting, like, seriously hyped. I don't know if your initial impression, like, did you kind of buy into that? Were you, like, worried that the game was going to meet expectations or exceed expectations, or were you able to kind of avoid all the whatever the internet has decided about this game. I haven't heard that much about it, but I do know it's kind of blowing up and it's still in early access, so that's impressive. It's had over 3 million people, so that's not not a small thing. Um, but you can tell it's in early access. The close-up graphics are still pretty rough. The far-off things, though, are really good and kind of Xenoblade reminiscent. 
Yeah. You also mentioned. Um, oh, go ahead, Sam. You got comments about Valheim? Uh, well, honestly, no, because I didn't even hear about this. Um, except like, uh, I was listening to a podcast and someone on that uh, mentioned it in passing. Um, the the only impression I got of it is like it's. Uh, I, I guess it's similar to. Uh, something like um. What's that game? Uh, seven days to die. Is that right? I've heard of that. Um, I've never heard of that one. Did I get the title? I think it's by a different name, but I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it is called Seven Days to Die. Okay, I'm wrong. Um, but that's a but that's like a zombie game. Um, yeah, but um, is it mainly like a survival game? Uh, I I suppose something like arc or yeah anything like that uh i'm not sure because i've never played arc but you do have to eat food you get status effects for things like stamina if you're wet if you've been swimming uh then it will regenerate sleep and right before the podcast i was flattened by a troll so <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. Some days. Let, me, let us know how it keeps going, because it, it's kind of interesting. It's, maybe I'm just out of touch, but that was one of those things that like I didn't see coming until I started hearing about it. But he's right in my alley, honestly. And people seem to be really fascinated with Norse culture recently, and I guess like a multiplayer game was kind of inevitable. Anything Norse-related is right up my alley. Mm-hmm. My knowledge is more tabletop, but it seems like these themes come in waves, right? Everybody wants to do Norse for a while, and everybody wants to do vampires because Twilight came out or whatever, and everybody wants to do dragons, and then... So. Zombies were a big thing for a while, too. Yeah. So. so, I mean, it almost seems more driven by TV and movies, right? Twilight comes out, everybody wants to do zombies. Uh, Walking Dead comes out, everybody... I said the wrong thing. Twilight, <laughs> vampires. Yeah, either way, it's Walking fun. Dead, zombies. Um, I do want to make a comment about FF7 Remake that has nothing to do with anything other than... Um, Drew Feisner was, was playing it too um, in the chat today. He said, I just got to meet Aerith and she's so wholesome. And I just wanted to be like, sorry, spoiler for the um, the audience here. I just want to be like, she says the SH word. She's not so wholesome. Because that threw me for a loop when she said it and I cracked up. Uh, and that's like the thing I remember from the whole whole thing is just her cussing one time. She's so, not so wholesome. So so spoilers, uh, Aerith is a potty mouth. I almost said spoiler, Zelda. But Eric says swear words. Aerith. It has a moment of impurity. You might as well make the game rated M at this rate. Actually, it's kind of weird because, like, um, if I remember correctly, it's it's not so much that, like, Aerith is pure-hearted. It's more just, like, she's just more outgoing compared to Tifa. And for the longest time, I thought it was the other way around, actually. The, yeah, she they, they play Aerith like this like the demure character and she's really much more much more outgoing i feel like in this script but oh no i i meant the original actually in the original you think Aerith is more outgoing well that um well like uh like i started i started playing um i think the pc version of final fantasy 7 like oh goodness like a year back i really do need to get back to that um because i was i was liking what i was playing so far um, but, uh, the impression I always had was that, um, 
Tifa was like the more happy-go-lucky character. Although it, it may be possible because uh, that my view of that it was skewed by um, watching the Advent Children movie, where she is kind of like that. But um, according to people at the time, it it wasn't really in character for her to be that way. Like she was the more quiet type, which was interesting to me. I was like, oh, okay. That that's all I really have. I I I don't really know much about Final Fantasy VII, honestly, other than the obvious spoiler and some key parts in the story. It's been a long time, but I do think maybe David's probably played the original more recently than anybody. Um, but I feel like in the new script they did make Tifa a little bit more um, not damsel in distress, but like concerned about like like worried about how things are going in her life and her involvement in Avalanche. Um, and then Aerith, I feel like, is more outgoing than in the previous script. Mm. Do you agree with that, David? I agree with the Tifa part. Aerith seems pretty much the same, though. In the original, she still says that Cloud's payment can be a date, so... Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, she is kind of flirty in the original. And then uh, this one, I just keep thinking about that scene where she goes, don't fall in love with me, okay? And I'm like, I won't. You swore. And you ruined the image. <laughs> Yeah, except now it seems like Jesse's getting more into that action now too. So, yeah, can I go next? Because I have a good segue from here. Okay, that is about. Okay, so there's there's a scene also. You know how there's like the the anime games are just really big on the the harem trope. Like you, mm-hmm. you're, in love, you're in love with eleven girls, and you get to pick which one you want to do at the end. Not do. Why not? <laughs> the game you're playing. Which should, yeah, that's true. Should I cut that? <laughs> Nah, you can play no, it. Okay. It, it was, yeah, we can all LOL with that. Okay. But, like, Trails of Cold Steel does this real bad. Sorry, spoilers again. But it frustrates me. But there's a scene, again, spoilers, I guess. But there's a scene in FF7R where, like, Aerith and Tifa, are, like, have, what, each have an arm on Cloud. And I'm just like, guys, no. It's the much better story if you actually give us, like, a, like a legitimate love story. And I bring that up. Because I am finally at the final, final, final dungeon. Not the final dungeon, not the final, final dungeon. The final, final, final dungeon in Tokyo Xanadu EX+. Plus. There you go. And I, I was hoping to beat it, but I didn't. That's the problem with playing JRPGs is that when we have a podcast and it's like, what are you playing? Same thing as the last three weeks because these games are freaking long. Um, but I appreciate it. It has kind of the, uh, a very similar bonding system to... The Trails series, and I just did a bunch of final bonding scenes with almost all the female characters, and it, it it seems I'll have to see how the ending goes. And again, spoilers, but nobody cares about this game, so it's fine. Um, but it feels like they're headed towards like having a main love interest rather than none of the bonding scenes were like, "I love you, and I love you, and I love you, and everybody loves you," and and I was able to do all of them, and it seemed like more focused on a single female character for the main character. And I was so enthused about that because the thing I hate the most about the trail series is this transition from a great female lead and a great love story towards this harem trope crap that I could do without. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, David, are you still playing trails in the sky or did you get distracted by everything else? Um, I am playing it slowly. I've done maybe 10 or 15 minutes this past couple of weeks. I'm going to, ch- I'm going to check uh, in 10 years if you finished it. There you go. And then but you'll find out, and then you'll find out there's a second one and a third one. And, the other game well, that I've already I... got those on my wishes. Okay, good. The other game I played this week was um, I picked up Super Mario 3D World because I never oh, had a yeah. Wii U. And I'm I wanted to play that game actually. It's really good. 
Uh, my wife and I played through on co-op the New Super Mario Brothers. Um, the I forget what they were. There was the the one on Wii was just called New Super Mario Brothers Wii, I think. And then yeah. we did the New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe or whatever it was for that got ported to um, Switch. And so those are both 2D. And so I was a little worried how much more annoying it was going to be with the camera. But as, as far as I can tell so far, we beat the first world, and it really seems like the game doesn't really let you touch the camera. Like, it's introduced the camera a little bit, and it's kind of like, hey, here's how you move it. But then, it, like, in the stages so far, it puts a big X over it. And it's like, no, you're not ready to move the camera. So that's actually been good because uh, I was afraid that it would just be a really frustrating situation where one player is in control of the camera. And I'm kind of shocked it's worked as well as it has. Um, it doesn't seem – I remember uh, Maurice – who's a bit of a Mario and platforming in general aficionado saying this wasn't as good as the other ones. I don't really care because to me, it seems like Mario games are not that distinguishable from one to the next to me. I mean, you have categories, right? You have the 2D classics and then you have the 3D ones and this is kind of sort of in the middle. But I kind of feel like Mario is Mario and if my wife is actually going to sit and play a video game with me, then, you know, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would have words about that, but that's... A long digression. We could talk about Mario games for probably an entire podcast, honestly. You have. We could probably talk about that on uh, on a separate podcast. Just just Mario. On just Mario, yeah. Like forget forget platformers in general. We could do one just on Mario. Even if I haven't played all the three D ones, so. Give me your one line hot take, Malachi. My one line hot take. Yes. Um, my one line hot take is that for one reason or another, the whatever Mario team has developed the 2D Mario games tend to miss a lot of the creativity that goes into 3D. I think it's because they feel like they're more restricted to 2D, um, more restricted in that, in that aspect of it. So I kind of like see return more to something like Paper Mario in which they... I don't know. The older games don't. The the, uh, the new Mario series, new Super Mario Brothers series, doesn't necessarily feel as creative to me as like 3D Land, Odyssey, Galaxy, etc. Because it feels like there's less of a thema- I guess a theme that ties them together in terms of how, which way they develop outwards for levels. But I would agree with you in the general they feel very similar. I don't disagree with you, but I have two comments. One yes. is that the newest Paper Mario's creativity shot itself in the foot. The other comment is that I eat peanut butter and jelly sandwich every day, so I don't care that it's not creative. Understandable. Teach them. Malachi, what have you been playing? Um, so I've been without power for nearly a week, but before that, um, I played some games. Uh, yeah, for those of you that don't know, I live in Houston, and we were hit really hard by Winter Storm Yuri. Um, oh which was kind of fun. I forgot, I didn't realize it had a name until I got some app, some alerts in my Google Maps, and I was like, that means I have someone to curse now. I can yell at Geary now. I guess I feel good about that. Uh, but yeah, I went for nearly 48 hours with no power, and since then, uh, or at least 48 hours, and then since then it was kind of in and out in short bursts. And so I had a moment I was like commiserating with people in the Geeks and Grace group chat, because I had an urge to replay Fallout New Vegas, um... I don't remember why. Oh, yeah, it was because the Houston skyline was all, like, only the, the skyline was lit up and all the rest of it was dark. So it looked like the uh, the Vegas Strip from Fallout New Vegas. Oh, so okay. I was like, oh, I should go replay that. And then I was like, oh, I 
I don't have power because if you look at that picture, I'm over here in the Shadowlands where there's no power. Oh, um, but before that, it's, all, it's not all doom and gloom. Um, before that, uh, I mean, I, I got back into Smash a little bit just kind of to prepare, I guess, for the new fighter and also try out some, some old mains and hang out, hang out with little friends, and that was fun. Um, before that, I kind of hopped around. I'm still on backlog golf and just having to be a little more forgiving toward myself because I've beaten one game this year. And every other game has been kind of a bust trying to start them. I played through eight levels of Cluster Truck and started seeing trucks in my nightmares because I that game is so... It's good. It's just repetitive and I needed a break from it. Mm-hmm. So I tried picking up Shovel... I tried picking up... Not Shovel Knight. Hollow Knight. And it's really pretty looking and I liked it. But I also got lost really quickly and I didn't have the patience for it. So it's going to come back to that one later. I also had Metal Wolf Chaos, which is fun. And I thought it was going to be a weird little jaunt through a badly dubbed classic... Japanese game about what they think Americans are and somehow I managed at a point during the first level outside of the prologue where I frequently I consistently run out of ammo before I hit the end of the level and can't beat it because of that oh really um yeah I don't know what the issue is I don't uh, know if I'm doing anything wrong I'm just too trigger happy or it's just it's a weird problem I haven't had that issue in a game in a while it's not like my difficulty is too high okay um it's been a while since I played that game. Uh, what guns are you using? So I use the shotgun, the like machine gun AR type thing, the not like the like the Uzi type gun, the bazooka, and the sniper rifle. Okay. Um, do you have them? Do you have them equipped all to one arm, or like, like, like how how do they look? Uh, to like, both arms sorry sorry uh, sorry just real quick um for context for uh Der- derek and david uh in melville of chaos you can actually equip uh guns to to both sides of um of metal wolf and i i think it's i think it's like uh yeah. a max of like i don't know like maybe five six uh, six yeah six guns all together so three guns per side that's uh, kind of cool. I wish more games would do that, and then we can make you can mix and match. So one arm mm-hmm. will fire like machine gun fire, the other one will fire bazooka, shotguns, etc. It's it's kind of neat. Uh, yeah, because I'm trying to recall. Like, I know I've run into that issue with running out of ammo, but I I can't. Level, I honestly can't recall if you can pick up more ammo. I feel like you should be able to. You can, but I've played the first level so many times that I've memorized. There's one ammo pickup in the okay. entirety of the first level right it's for yeah. heavy ammo yeah i, I know, I know there's required. limited ammo i, I know that's yeah. a thing. um it felt weird because i feel like it's supposed to be a power fantasy you play as the president of the united states where the vice president has attempted a coup which felt a little situational um that would never happen in the u.s i'm just kidding um and he succeeds in the coup and you have to get your mech out and then fight the U.S. Army and then try to win back America. It's a wonderful little power fantasy full of great lines. Uh, wait, I, My personal I'm, favorite is um, I'll Smash You Harder, the Florida Recount. I like Florida, that one. Yeah. <laughs> you got to give us a minute to ingest all those. Dino. It's a lot. I'll Crush You Harder, the yeah. Oh my gosh, the dubbing is so bad. I, I'm pretty sure their actors reading lines are fin- reading lines phonetically or something. Well, and that's a th- they'll frequently get cut off in the middle of lines. Like I had one actress that was like, "Mr. President, I need you to," and it just stops. And I'm like, "It's not part of the script." There's subtitles that goes on. <laughs> okay, 
that's done, I guess. Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh no. Oh no. You you must have come across this part. Oh no 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 wait. Uh, okay no. I don't want to spoil it because all the dialogue is is just pure gold. But I I just love like always. I I just love that intro where so good. where the White House is getting attacked, and then Michael just comes out in his mech and goes, "Okay, let's party." It's such a weird inflection. Like, every line is pronounced like they don't know what like, it actually means. Like, it sounds like it's more of a question rather than an exclamation, right? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. That... They didn't release it in America. Fun fact. Yeah. I believe this is correct. Because they were worried Americans would be too offended by its portrayal of Americans. But ironically, I think Americans would love it more because they have there's no sense of irony here. If you make a game about the president having a giant mech and having to use all of his guns to take back in the country, we, that's amazing. We love that. I, I think it's pretty on the nose anyway because uh, I, I don't think Subtlety is the name of the game for Mail of Chaos anyway. Uh, it's not. What are you yeah. going to say, Derek? Is this um, on PS4 or on PC? It's on PS4. I, I believe there's a PC version of it. Yeah, um, at least on the original Xbox originally, and then this is the X XD is a remastered version of it um, that finally released on, on in the U.S. As you used to be able to have to just like the, the dialogue's always been in English. It's still the original recorded dialogue, but the original game had full Japanese text and I guess just Japanese subtitles. So yeah, like it, it's basically it's basically like a Resident Evil One situation where um, yeah. they hired like they outsourced. English actors um but I think in this case it's just like uh whoever they got did speak English but or well you know what it really is it's probably just like the lines are probably written oddly the the voice director probably just told them no say it this way actually like that's probably more true than anything um but yeah I mean uh Melwolf Chaos um it's like honestly I think it's a really fun experience even though I would say the gameplay isn't exactly stellar. Uh, it's it's decent enough to mm. to go through, but you're really there just to experience uh, the dialogue and the cutscenes. Really, um, it looks amazing. Yeah, it's so good. Watch yourself like some highlight videos or something, and that'll give you like, just mm-hmm. a little taste of the dialogue. I was gonna say if it was on PC, just to download a save file that's past where you're at. But are there no difficulty settings you can change? Because I'm, I'm easy my life over here. I might bump the difficulty settings down. It it just became like I expected it to be a breezy playthrough, and it, it became yeah. It it's not. Um, that's the other it thing. It feels too. old school, hard, but not in the like, not quite like the intent. It because mm, there well, early see, Xbox. See, that's the thing. Like, um, if I remember correctly, Metal Wolf Chaos was a launch title for the Xbox, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing. During that time, that was like that really, really distinct mental transitional time, yeah. period where it's like, okay, how like how hard should we make three D like these newer three D games now? And it was basically just like, I don't know, I guess we'll just do it we'll just do it like we always have and not really account for anything else. So so it's like it, it's not just the fact that Melwolf Chaos is just this very interesting diamond in the rough. It's also it also belongs in that time period where 
developers just didn't really know what to do with 3D games still. Like, we were starting to get there, but it's still just like, like what is the difficulty curve? And it just goes all over the place. Um, I'm surprised if it got easier after this level, and that's just a weird fluke they have in the first level. Oh, not enough ammo. oh, don't worry. There are tougher missions after that. So. Okay. That's why I'm playing a different game now. So I'll yeah. get back to it, but I ended up kind of settling on Celeste. Which is not an easier game. I was telling Derek, I was like, I don't know why I, I have a poor selection of games that are uniquely hard to play. I'm just trying to get through my shorter indie, shorter, my like little indie projects instead of my big AAA games. I'll get to those later. But I think I'm settling on Celeste because I am actually about halfway through the game now. It captured me really fast. Like everything about the music score to how it's put together to how the movement just, hmm. It's buttery smooth to the point where like the platforming doesn't feel frustrating. Like, hitboxes are on point the characters move like i know i know you, it is frustrating in a way but it feels like i can succeed and i can beat it in little chunks like i'll spend a whole lot of time on one screen but then i'll beat it i'll breathe through a little bit more and then i'll hit checkpoint i'm ready to pause for a bit more importantly i think it ties into a lot of the idea of like i guess playing games that can help you like work through your current mood and setting because i mentioned i'm in a new city not a whole lot of social life right now. Feel very isolated and dealing with a lot of very, I guess, adult challenges of being out on my own. Feels somewhat similar to Madeline, the main character of Celeste, being determined to conquer the mountain. Um, despite people telling her that she can't do that, that this is something that she's, she's never been a mountain climber. Like, this is something that she can't do, but she's determined to continue pushing forward um, and also pushing past the isolation of climbing alone. Um, even, like self-doubt and her own mental health like that plays into it a lot i was really surprised by a very touching scene in which um one of the characters she meets helps her like recover from an anxiety attack by um like she frequently has she has panic attacks at different points in the story they're mentioned and he uses an actual grounding technique like he says basically like, close your eyes and visualize a feather floating in front of you and make have your breaths be the things that slow the feather down and try to keep it steady and then you actually do that in the game. And it was, like, really touching. And I was also like, I'm going to keep that in the back of my head just in case, because I have friends that definitely have panic attacks. Um, so it's it's gorgeous. I feel like a perfect balance of, like, it's challenging, but not enough to be frustrating. Little Wolf Chaos was challenging enough to be frustrating. Uh, and I know where I'm going, so I have the issue of games where I just get frustrated because I can't figure out what I'm supposed to do. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes because I've wanted to play Celeste for a long time and then hopefully this will be one that I beat, the second game I beat this year. We shall see. I think if I didn't have a backlog and I wasn't in a hurry to get other games played, I probably didn't give that game its due credit. I got through almost through Chapter 4 and I got a little frustrated with dying because I'm not good at platformers. <laughs> um, but I, you can't really have that story without the difficulty. Yeah. So that, that's a game where we talked about before. I was kind of wish the the easy mode wasn't there because I just kind of breezed through it and cheated, basically. But if it hadn't been there, I, I would have I might have went back to it at some point and said, okay, I'm going to sit down and do this because it really, like you said, the aesthetic, the story, everything else really is worth it. LJ felt like he had to defend himself a little bit because he gave the game a 10 out of 10 on the website. But I think it's one of those games where even if it's not my personal favorite, just from like a design point of view, I, I can't really argue that too much really good i think actually does difficulty really well both by having the assist mode available but recommending that you play it in normal mode first and also i think the strawberry and the b-sides which are basically optional collectibles are cool because they're just visible enough to where you can see them and be kind of tempted like oh that's a collectible they tell you straight up they're like you don't need to collect these these are just if you want an extra challenge 
And so you can find yourself in, in magical little areas where you can like do platforming challenges to collect these little strawberries. And I've collected a fair few of them, but I haven't felt like I needed to. And so it's just enough to like provide a little challenge for when you feel like it. And so I think it's really tastefully balanced, honestly. Um, this one's the better balance game that I felt like in a while, and it's not all over the place either. So, mm. one other thing that I think is interesting about the design: can you name another platformer? Maybe I'm just blanking on something, but can you name another platformer um, that doesn't have enemies? I mean, you kind of do, but really, you don't have a weapon. You don't jump on Goombas. Like, you don't have a sword. Like, you're just platforming. You yeah, think of another... very often. I would think Thomas was alone is the only one I could think of, but that's just because I like that game. So. Well. I mean, I can think of a few off the bat, but they're they're kind of more like skill based platformers, um, like yeah, Dust Force, Speedrunners, uh, Super Cluster Boy. Truck. There yeah, are Cluster enemies. Truck too. Those are trucks. The yeah. trucks are the enemies. But I mean, the the I whole guess... point of that game, those games, is just like, um, you know, you're you're trying to get good at uh, like getting through the course as fast as possible. Uh, well, yeah, progression is, is different. I see what you're saying. They're kind of different kinds of platformers. Mm -hmm. Celeste is, is narrative-based and has different themes for its levels, but doesn't have enemies as much as it is Madeline's own self-doubts personified. She don't actually physically fight that character, so it's kind of interesting. Yeah. But yeah, that's where I'm at. Daniel, what about you? I think you haven't gone yet. Yeah, so, um, well, uh, first of all... Um... I would say if you are looking for another game to kind of replace your mecha uh your mecha uh love for now I guess uh Gundam game. I cover I I previously covered a little game called Panzer Paladin. You can check out that review at geeksundergrace.com. Anyway, um uh, plug. Yeah. Um yeah, that game's pretty fun. Uh I would call it I would call it essentially like um a stripped down Castlevania in a way um, where like you basically just fight uh, you just fight like uh, eight bosses uh, and you go through worlds um, so that part of it is more Mega Man like but the weapons are kind of important because uh, there's a durability system in that game and basically weapons can break but that's actually a good thing because um, you can actually choose to manually break them and uh, you get like a special skill if you choose to do that. So some of it is like a special attack or a buff. Um, and uh, by defeating enemies, you can pick up new weapons along the way. So it's got this really, it's got this really interesting flow where you're kind of just like uh, doing a little bit of micromanaging um as well as like somewhat dark souls like play but more but more in like uh but more in like balancing what items to use rather than like how to tackle on certain enemies because uh because that mechanic aside the whole game essentially plays uh more like a traditional 2d platformer where you're basically just jumping and attacking um and then you do some slight platforming here and there uh it's a pretty interesting case study i suppose if it was just like what if you were trying to uh to try to make uh like an nes platformer for a more modern audience um mm -hmm. 
like what would be interesting for people to keep playing that game and stuff like that uh it's a fun little game like i, I wouldn't call it like a completely outstanding experience like shovel knight or something like that but i will say it's definitely up there um with like one of those games that just it's just kind of like a feel-good game uh personally to me but other than that um let me think uh i've been playing some more uh fantasy star online too um nothing new with that uh was kind of hoping I could get into the open beta for New Genesis, but no luck with that, unfortunately. Um, I'm usually pretty good at getting those, but... Um, what else did I play? Uh, I did play Hades uh, actually last week, not so much this week. Um, got through my second run. Uh, that's about the most significant uh, progress I can really say about that game. Uh, that's really about it. Um, Hold on, I said I would make fun of Maurice for a minute about Hades. <laughs> yeah. So Maurice has also been playing Hades this week, and I said I thought it was objectively a 10 out of 10 game. Maybe not my favorite game ever, but just like flawless design. He played it, he goes, eh, 7 out of 10 game. Then he played it more, he's like, okay, so they nailed the story, maybe 8, 8.5, but overrated. And then today he was like, I gotta take a break, I've played this game for 60 hours. In like a week. Oh <laughs> okay. I, I don't really usually play eight out, eight out of ten games for 60 hours in one week. I'm just saying. I'm very in character, and yeah, I agree. You're right, that, that is, is very actually. That is very Maurice. I mean, I think if anything, he it, it kind of sounded like he just got burnt out on that game, which definitely well, yeah. is possible. <laughs> um, I mean, I even I, I'm kind of feeling it, honestly. Um, How many runs are you, have you done? Uh, last I checked, I think, um, my, my second completion, uh, marked, uh, 54 runs altogether. Yikes. Uh, you guys gotta play that easy mode. <laughs> and, I mean, it's fine. I mean, like, I was basically spacing out, I don't know, maybe, like, maybe, like, two, three hours, two, three hours, like, uh, every other day every other day or so um like over the last month really so i think i made fairly good progress i mean i'm not gonna say that game's that game's easy or anything but i felt like i made fairly good progress uh with every run so i didn't i don't really feel bad about it honestly um on easy on easy mode i played about 25 hours and took me about 25 runs to beat it 10 times and then mm -hmm. i put it up and i was happy i was happy with that value proposition of that amount of time to get that far i think oh, if i i'm well because i was in easy mode <laughs> i think if i had played yeah. it straight it would have taken me much longer and i probably would have probably about 40 hours in and not having my 10th run yet i'd have gotten real sick of it yeah um actually i'm curious uh does the game allow you to turn up the heat in god mode it does, yeah. Oh, so okay. I did a little bit of that just for the rewards. I did like the traps one and like the time limit one, because mm -hmm. the time limit it, when it it pauses when you're like making decisions, so it's really not as bad as it looks. Oh, okay. That's actually nice to know. Thank you. Um, so yeah. Oh, uh, I still haven't figured out what I actually played. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I 
I'm not sure if I talked about Yuppie Psycho. Do you guys remember me talking about Yuppie Psycho? I don't remember that now. Okay. It's not a name that sticks, so who knows? Okay, so Yuppie Psycho, um, I guess, is like another um, story-driven game. Uh, it's all... It's all in pixel art, actually. Uh, what what really surprised me um, when I loaded this game up was that it immediately started into a full pixel art animated cutscene, and right away I was like, "Okay, that's a good way to like get a check mark in my book." Um, like already, I was like, "That's awesome! I love that. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, very weird." Uh, I think it's a horror game, but it's really hard to say because everyone's just kind of weird, including the character that you play as in that game. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, like, so far, the most I can say is that uh, your character gets hired into this, um, into like the the most renowned company in the world. And it kind of seems to be like a conglomerate that may have just taken over the entire world. I'm not too sure. There's a lot of things in the dark, so I, I can't really say like what's actually true or not. Like at first I thought it was like, okay, maybe this is just all in my head or this is like a metaphor for, um, for office work maybe. Uh, but then I guess it's actually real. So I'm not sure. And I guess I signed... Oh, we lost David. Yeah, the doc show up in a second. Yeah. Oh, there he's back. There's back. Keep going, Zayn. I was listening. Okay. Uh, I just want to make sure David's okay. Yeah, it disconnected me. I was inactive. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, like, I, I signed a contract... That seems to be like a deal with the devil type of contract. I'm not hmm. sure. There's a lot going on, and I'm still kind of confused about where the game's actually going. But um, it's like the game is playing you. Yeah, maybe it could be. I don't know. Uh, that's the thing. Uh, I will say it's intrigued me so far. Uh, I do want to get back to it, but unfortunately. I may not be able to, which brings me to my next point, um, continuing the silver case. Um, I think I may have uh, severely underestimated this game because, uh, you know, I, I, I took a look at how long to beat and it said like, you know, 40, 40 to 50 hours or so. And I was like, okay, that's a little long, but it's a story-based game and there are, are some bits of gameplay still so it's understandable um and then uh i was uh i was looking up how um like if there are any achievements that i could i could miss uh and it's mostly because like there's an optional achievement that i got in a previous chapter and uh, apparently those are one of the missable ones so i just wanted to check real quick to see like if the achievements mean anything, um, like if they're related to the actual, to the actual story. Uh, and then I kind of realized, uh, looking at while I was on chapter select as well. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, there are actually two parts to this game. 
So, um, the uh, one side is transmitter, and that's essentially the main game, uh, I, I guess, um, where you're playing your character and going through the events of um, and, and going through the events of the game. Meanwhile, there's placebo, which uh, which are actually like extra story cases that follow this other character that happen at the same time as transmitter so i don't so i actually have like uh i think a total of maybe 10 or 12 chapters where i thought it was only going to be like uh five or six so now i'm like oh no if i want to get this done if i want to complete this game uh in time for march i'm really gonna have to hustle uh Unfortunately, with my new job, I don't have a lot of time uh, early, earlier on in the day because I basically just have to go straight to bed once I get off work. Um, and um, not to say that like I haven't been enjoying, enjoying my time with it. I have been enjoying my time with it. But I'm just like, oh, shoot, I might have to really hustle, which might mean I'll have to blitz through the game. Which I don't really want to do that, but uh, if I do want to do the review for March, then I might have to. Uh, I, I think what my what I may end up doing is uh, do a fallback to one of my to one of my article ideas instead, because I do want to give Silvercase uh, time because th there's a lot to take in. Uh, for example, uh, I wasn't. Uh, I was going to play it last week, but unfortunately I put it off because I wanted to focus on other games. Um, so this week I completed um, the second chapter, which is Spectrum. Uh, and in this, in this chapter, um, you're basically investigating uh, a suicide case, uh, which I thought was this 14-year-old boy's uh best friend but actually it wasn't um and that kind of threw me for a loop because i got super confused at like the last second and then and then like reviewing um reviewing a, a recording i did for the game i was like oh no it is actually an older person okay so i i like severely misunderstood something uh unfortunately um And uh, so I said this game is weird, and I said like it it's doing some things where it's like it's kind of acknowledging the supernatural, um, and then all of a sudden, like near the end of the chapter, it just threw me into a hundred question trivia quiz, and I went, "Wait, are you serious?" Like at first I thought it was just gonna, it was just a joke and it was only going to be like maybe 10 questions or something but no I actually had to answer 100 questions. Oh my gosh. And I I I did not get to have time I I did not get to have time to think on any of those questions either. I was on a time limit per question as well. So now I'm getting quizzed on random trivia from 
not on like modern things, mind you, from things when the game first released. So it was oh, stuff wow. like, so it was stuff like when did the original PlayStation come out? Uh, in the 1996 Olympics, where was it held? I didn't know that question. I thought I did, and I felt really stupid. Um, and I then just to like throw you off, it at it throws Put in questions there. about the case itself. And some of them, I'm just like, wait, what? And and actually, that's how I learned some, uh, some other, some other points about the case that I may have missed actually, because because uh, I probably didn't investigate everyone, actually. So now I'm like, oh wait, what? Oh wait, that's wrong. Oh, then it was something else actually. <laughs> so. I was thrown for a loop. I, I I could do nothing but just laugh at myself, the game, and the situation I was just in at that particular moment where I'm literally I'm literally speed running one hundred questions, not even knowing if if I was even right. It even asked me a studio Ghibli question. What movie came out in nineteen ninety five? And I did not know the answer to that. I thought it was Princess Mononoke, but apparently I was wrong. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I was not expecting that. And it's kind of like, that's kind of something, that's kind of something like a lot more meta than I would have expected uh, Suda51 to do. Um, because he, because like, you know, in, um, in no more heroes he does he does insert uh some meta dialogue and stuff like that but um and i think there was some stuff in traffic strikes again as well but like to just be to just be thrown a questionnaire like just like that out of nowhere was crazy for me and like it didn't even matter how many questions i got right because at at the end of it, uh, the chief detective just says, "In this world, in this world, uh, results don't matter. Conviction does." And you pass the quiz, man. Good job. And it gave me a thumbs up. And I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so I don't know what to make of it. Uh, I, I guess I, I guess I could say I'm still enjoying it. I'm just still really confused as to what's happening, honestly. Uh, on the bright side, even if your review isn't ready by March, you've told me what I need to know. <laughs> that you need to study for this game? I write tests. I don't take tests. I'm a professor. I, I already did my share. You've taken enough tests. <laughs> yes. I now give them. So anyway, you need to take uh, more to stay on your game. <laughs> create a that game. makes a good point. Create a game uh, to give the... to your students to take tests. By the way, a test for the podcast of failure. Um, before we get to the news, this is a segue to the news. Did, it, did we fail as a podcast? Did none of us play the um, Project Triangle strategy demo? Did we all fail? Because I didn't get around to it. I was going no. to, but I didn't either. Um, we're bad. Games and shapes. Yeah. We are bad. Derek, we're bad JRPG fans. What are we going to do? <laughs> I'm honestly embarrassed. We should probably just stop recording. Yeah, we should just stop recording here. Anyway, thanks for checking out the podcast. Anyway. Uh, Before we get into the news, can I mention one more thing? Yes. I forgot about another game I've been playing, but Derek reminded me when he mentioned anime games. 
Um, on Friday, I also got Persona 4 Golden, and I've been playing that a bit. On Steam? Yeah. Well, you don't own a Vita? Nope, that's the one I never got. No, be cool. Get a Vita and play it on the Vita. Get the original All the cool experience. Guys have Vitas now. Now, Get the original well experience of a port of a port. <laughs> anyway. Um, how well versed are you in Persona before you jumped into this, David? I've played 20 or 30 hours of Persona 5, and that's a bit. And that's just nothing to that game. Right. It's fine. So, what do you think so far of, of this one? It's good. Um, it's crashed on me about five times, but I think that has to do with my monitor, not my not the game itself, because it's fine if I'm just using my laptop screen. Oh, okay. Interesting. When was the last time you played a game that didn't have bugs at all? Never. Bugs? What are bugs? Um, yeah, features. Features. bugs yeah, exactly. Yeah. Last time I played Cyberpunk. <laughs> they're not there bugs. They're, so, they're. Oh, wait, no. That's about microtransactions. Did you give up, David, on Cyberpunk? No, I just have had other things get in the way. I actually started playing it again yesterday. I don't I know. Like I feel like you're playing too many games at once, man. Definitely. <laughs> uh, oh no, I feel like there was something else. Um, I I did, I did end up playing um, the fi the updated demo for Bravely Default Two. Um, because don't I, tell I me a lot. Don't tell me a ton because I'm reviewing it for oh, the site. Oh no no, I, I'm just. I'm just talking about the gameplay, really, because, like, um, I forget exactly how Brave and Default work, and I forgot. it. It's basically a way to stack extra turns for your characters, and it kind of just plays into, like, okay, like, do you want to, do you want to give this character extra turns and sacrifice, you know, like, their next three turns or something? like that I, I think that's that's like the basis of what i'm getting but i'm not sure derek can you clarify yeah that's that accurate bit? okay um it's if you've ever played the the cold steel series they have a break system that's kind of similar okay but yeah the, the idea is that when you um if i remember this right i forget which one's which but basically you can say you can kind of send back turns and then each um now i'm talking about i'm talking about the bravely default and Octopath games i haven't played the demo yet for bb2 <laughs> Uh, but then when you are able to break a, um, actually, I think I'm confusing Octopath and Bravely Default. But yeah, with, the, with Bravely Default, with Default, you sand back some turns, and then later with the Brave Order, you can take several turns in a row. That's basically the concept. And then Octopath, they had a break system where you could take extra turns because your opponent was, like, stuck. Um, I will say, I guess my memories are blurring for all three of those games, but they, um, and also this is the same dev who is doing Triangle Strategy, which is why I need to get on it. Mm -hmm. I feel like the three games they put out so far have been brilliant pieces of art with tears in them. Like, you can imagine a beautiful canvas with, like, one tiny this hole that kind of frustrates you, but it's still beautiful. Because all three games, I feel like, are some of the best JRPGs I've ever played. They each have one glaring flaw. And I don't want to get into them too much because they're kind of spoilers for those games. Um, but, like, I feel like if they can get a little bit of the... The experimentation out of their system like sometimes it's good sometimes it's not um they really should become one of square's kind of like leading developers because uh, other than those annoying one flaw each time 
their games have been fantastic. So I, mm -hmm. I'm trying actually um, to avoid Bravely Defaults. I didn't play the, the I played the first demo, but not this new one um, because I kind of want to go in straight. And from what I read, it, it starts kind of in the middle of the game and so not the beginning. So I'm just wanting to go in cold, but I am going to be reviewing it for the site. It comes out Friday. Um, I don't know how long it'll take me, but I know I'll have um, other games I'm playing wrapped up. So I'm hoping to commit a lot of time to it. Okay. Uh, oh, actually, before we go into the news, two more, two more things actually. Um, one, uh, <laughs> so, so for fun, uh, I downloaded the, the Balan Wonder World demo. Uh, the the new Sega game being directed by Yuji Naka. Oh boy, uh, I had a lot of fun with that demo. And not in the way you're probably thinking. Um, it so it's it's one of those things where you're just like, um, I I think I've gotten to the point in my life where, whenever I play, whenever I play games, whether they're good or bad, I find a way to have fun with them uh, and just enjoy my time rather than just rather than just be annoyed. Um, and um. Oh boy, uh, if Balan Wonderworld, if that demo is supposed to be the representation of how that game will perform when it comes out, I, I think a lot of people are going to be sorely disappointed or or uh, rather uh, getting what they expected from that game because, oh boy, that game does not perform well at all, um, at least on the Switch. Uh, I, I guess with any luck... Um, if that game is going to be coming out on other ports, hopefully it looks better. Uh, but on the Switch, it, it looks awful. Um, just awful. Uh, like, that overworld hub um, where you enter uh, different levels, um, it, it, it's like the 3D render just broke and it doesn't render the textures correctly at all. Everything looks like mush. Um, the frame rate is 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 horrible. Um, I'm pretty sure it's not even hitting 24 frames per second, just judging by eye. Uh, everything feels everything feels flat. Um, there, there's like there's like a lack of how how do I even describe it? Like it, it just feels like it just feels like they came out with an alpha version and then just threw that onto the store or something. Like this game in no way feels like it's ready to come out yet, uh, and it's coming out at the end of March, which is crazy to me. Um, I will say though, if you if you want a fun laugh, at least for free, go download the Battleland Wonderworld demo and and just cry laughing at 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 what a wonder what a wonderful world that game is uh like a good time oh it was a great time i like ball and wonder world easily easily my top five of 2021 for sure uh so anyway on that fun note um what one last thing and this isn't so much something on my end but just a psa in general um now i know there are a lot of people who are very excited about 
Kingdom Hearts coming to PC, what I am going to say right now is do not buy any of those games on the Epic Game Store. That is a ripoff. 100%. 200%. 1,000% a ripoff. There is no reason for you to pay that much, uh, even if you're a fan. How um, much? $60 for every release. Full. Uh, By every, you mean each one is $60? Yes. I mean uh, Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 and 2.5 Remix. Kingdom Hearts Thanks. HD 2.8 Final Chapter. Kingdom Hearts 3. And Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory are all $60 a piece. Not a good combo right there. No, it is not. It's probably one of the worst deals ever. Um, and I'm going to say uh, this this is probably some really bizarre decision to test the waters, as it were, to see how much interest there is for Kingdom Hearts on PC. Um, I don't understand why they don't release uh, the one that's... Um, that's all of it all together, uh, which if, which I'm pretty sure is like, you can already get it for cheaper than $60 anyway, just on console. So is it 1.5 and 2.5 as separate releases on the store or are they combined? No, it's, um, it's the combined releases, but basically that's a little better. Yeah. Four, four titles basically. Yeah. But I think if you wait a year. It's gonna show up. Uh, it's all gonna show up on Xbox Game Pass uh, for PC. It's already on Xbox Game Pass for Xbox. I think you wait long enough. It's all gonna be on Game Pass for PC. Yeah, for sure. Even that it's like six games. I think sixty bucks actually isn't a ripoff. It's ten dollars a game, and that's not. So I think he means comparative to the console price. Yeah. Like that. That's been out for a while. Yeah. Because and I mean, like here's here's the thing. Is like, I, I normally, I normally wouldn't really cause so much of a stink about this. Um, if it weren't for the fact that I know, I know there's a version that has, that has at least like, um, all these games. I know Melody of Memory just came out, so, um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna harp on that one too much. Although I still think charging full price on that is a bit extraneous. Um, but the fact that, the fact that there already is a version where you can get, um, one, two... Uh, the the final mixes of one and two, um, the a game version that basically covers all the uh, all the extra games and the spinoffs, um, and Kingdom you Hearts think- three. Uh, like the fact that there's already a bundle basically in place for that that you can get on console for cheaper is really ridiculous. Personally, like. This is just kind of the gross bundle, to me. The bundle you're thinking of is called the story so far. Okay. Um, but the I just looked and the um, 1.5 plus 2.5 remix on PS4, which PS4 the PlayStation Store really doesn't discount stuff nearly as much as like Steam. Yeah. The MSRP is 50 bucks. That's already 10 bucks less. But right now it's right now it's on sale for 12.49. Yeah. So yeah, that's a quarter of the price of what they're trying what they're going to start at it on. EGS, so I, I have to agree with Sam. Yeah, but also, are you if you like like are you really waiting for Kingdom Hearts to come to PC? Who was waiting for this franchise? That's like 
one point five and two point five are games from I don't know fifteen years ago. They're out there. <laughs> I mean, people are gonna. You gotta play. You gotta play this game from from PS two on De- sixty. Derek, Derek, you need you to know remind. What? I do know. I do know people. I, I I need to I need to remind you when um, like, the day when Persona Five came out on console, there were already people online screaming when is it coming to pc these people exist yep it and and it'll be for everything it doesn't even matter it doesn't even matter like there were people screaming for bloodborne for pc forever now um and and grant and granted i would want that that's not the point the point is like these people exist for everything um all right. Well, now I'm upset. Yeah. So as we're playing, let's talk about <laughs> yeah. news. Yeah, let's all these... let's switch the hash. Oh, yeah. PC. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let me just bring it up. Okay. So there was a Nintendo Direct. Uh, just this week um some uh i mean i i guess like for some people this was this direct was kind of middling uh i personally for me there was a lot of stuff that i liked um that was announced so i'm perfectly fine with it but uh just to get out of the way uh no news about breath of the wild 2 um no news about uh no news about um what was it uh metroid yeah metroid metroid prime um and uh still no news for bayonetta 3 uh but i mean like as far as i know like yeah like we already knew that there wasn't going to be news about bayonetta 3 anyway um the the fact that there isn't any news about breath of the wild 2 is kind of unfortunate um but I'm perfectly fine with waiting really. Uh I don't really look at Nintendo Directs anymore as wishless as more as just like let's just see what they're up to. Uh that's all I really care about. Yeah. Now. So uh sorry if if you were hoping uh if you were hoping for some saltiness, I'm not going to give it to you. Uh but I don't know. So I would give salt, but all of Twitter's taken care of that for yeah. me already. So uh so the direct started off with I think it's probably I would call an ace troll move uh by Sakurai. Uh Sword Fighting Anime characters. But waifus, and you get two of them. Sword fighting anime waifus. <laughs> I actually was pretty upset because I thought they were actually putting out new um DLC for Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And even oh, though I didn't love the base game, the deals the first DLC was probably one of the best JRPGs stories I've played. Yeah. And so I thought they were coming back for more and I was I was ready for it. And then I realized it was a Smash ad. Are you a Smash player, Derek? I don't think you, you don't play I mean I, I have it and I play it sometimes when I don't play it competitively. Sam and I play a few times and he was better than me, but not by much, so it was okay. But then I went and played like we have an esports club on campus. And so I played a few students, and then I was like, yeah, this is an embarrassment, too. Students have so <laughs> much time to play Smash, I think. Yeah. I, I've, they really can be really intense about it. College students love their Smash. When I was in college, we played Melee, you know, daily, and we're very serious about it. But now yeah. I'm 
kids and a wife, so I don't play Smash as much. Yeah. Was that okay to say out loud? It, it, it's I mean, fine. Someone's going to get upset, but not me. So. I mean, I think we're all adults, right? So. Uh, I'm actually quite proud. I don't own a Switch, but I played pretty, stayed pretty sharp. This weekend was the last first time I played Smash in a while. Mm. And I, I secured some pretty good dubs against people that have been playing it nonstop in the Winter Storm. And so I'm like, okay, I just still got that. But yeah, uh, yeah this was, I'm not a Xenoblade fan, but I'm also not immensely salty about this. I had my picks for it, and I'm understanding a little bit about the fact that this is still a, a Japanese game. And there's still a large fan base, and it, it makes sense. This is a good follow-up for Xenoblade characters. This is one of the, the franchises that, you know, is a big one for Nintendo and is kind of very unique to Nintendo. And so it works for me. I'm not mad. I'm not excited about it. That's where we're at. Yeah, they didn't have to pay anybody else, right? But it, it was also... Um, so it was easy for them to do. And yeah. also unexpected. Sorry, David, what yeah, you were going to say? It's about? a good follow-up. Xenoblade is a good series. People like it, and, you know, putting other character in is a good move. I'm just glad it's not Crash. What? <laughs> I thought Crash would have been fun. I've never been a fan, so I, I really don't care about it. Yeah. Fair enough. But I, I think he but brings up there with, like, Banjo-Kazooie in terms of, you know, iconic platforming characters that could be added in if you want to expand out different franchises. But that's yeah. just me. I mean, I was kind of hoping... Uh... It would finally be like a uh, Rio Rio Hayabusa or something. Um, but I mean, like, I mean, like, I I try to hold no expectations anymore because it's just more. It's easier to still enjoy the game, even though um, I don't play it as much anymore. Um, I'm always down for Smash. Uh, it's always fun. Yeah, it's great. Um. I like their moveset, I will say. They look like they move really smoothly. Yeah. And See, even if I can complain about sword fighting anime characters, most of my mains are sword fighting anime characters. Yeah. So I don't know what to say. I mean, Ike. So. Yeah, that's the thing for me, really, is like um, following following uh, this season pass has been the most interesting for me because uh, each of the characters have been doing something really unique. Uh, like, whether it's like, you know, encouraging a certain style of gameplay or trying out new mechanics you know with like terry bogart being able to cancel attacks uh, smashes into specials i like terry he feels um, really good being those combos down sephiroth being essentially a mid-range to a mid-range character mm -hmm. with some really unique properties uh mine even minecraft steve like i know it's a meme and i know people want to hate on it but honestly like, like my like steve Steve being able to just straight up block uh block re-entry onto the stage is just mind-boggling to me. It, it's like that's that's insanely awesome. because uh, it's like paying respect to a portion of the meta in the game as well. Um which I think Sakurai does think about to a degree. It's just he has a different approach to to most other fighting games and that's because smash isn't a fighting game like most other fighting games as well so yeah yeah i'm really excited i'm games. definitely gonna try it so every new character for the most part has at least been fun mechanically to play around with i think steve was one of my favorite like dark horse characters just because of it's minecraft steve mm -hmm. and mechanically he was absolutely fascinating to play around with so i'm i'm 
you know, some people weren't excited about it, but I, I still think there's, it's fun to see new content coming out for Smash. It's a game I've loved for a very, very long time, all the way back to Melee. Yeah. So, good stuff. Yeah, I'm excited for it. And uh, okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for for honest answers. Um, is anyone excited for this? Yes. Okay. Skyward Sword. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'll admit some excitement. I'm wearing a Zelda hat, so I'll say I'm a little excited. Okay. No, it's it's just because like um, with a, a majority of people that I've talked to or uh, heard talk about this game, it it hasn't been as favorable, uh, honestly. And I can kind of see some of those complaints, um, having like watched uh, a friend play it as well as um like a full let's play of it like i i wasn't i'm not into zelda so so i i didn't like really have any desire to get this game anyway um like breath of the wild was the first game i played all the way through actually so. really what yeah um, it's a good zelda game but yeah. still like like even before that i only played um a link to the past and i think i feel like i did beat it but i don't think i did um like i think as far as i got was uh maybe the second to last boss of the dark world in that game but i'm not sure um but yeah i i mean like if nothing if nothing else i think uh it'll be interesting to play this game uh with a controller controller yeah as opposed to yes. motion controls as opposed to the um i i will i will respectfully refer to it as fuzzy controls with the wiimote um <laughs> i actually played all the way to try that princess with motion controls yeah. so and actually it, it, it's funny here it's funny here how they chose to address those issues because this is basically what you do in um Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so I guess um, when Skyward Sword HD drops, get your Zelda Rising memes in? I mean, I'd be up for that. I'm cool with that. I like Rose of Nature. Nation enough for me. I like both of them. <laughs> I will say that the Joy-Cons look really cool. Yeah. For one thing. The Joy-Cons do look cool. Um, so... I'll freely admit, I guess this is making the worst Zelda fan, but I've actually never played Skyward Sword. And I think it really was because of the weird amount of hoops you had to jump through to play it. I mean, I only had a Wii for the longest time, and because I lived overseas, I couldn't really get the controller updates that we needed to play Skyward Sword, the little, like, motion, Wii Motion Plus controllers. Mm -hmm. And I think I did eventually get the controller updates, but my copy of Skyward Sword never arrived, or it, it did arrive and wasn't like it didn't, like, didn't work for some reason. And so I've never touched it. I mean, I... I'm trying to avoid, I'm trying to go in without the amount of salt a lot of Zelda fans have. It's definitely kind of an off-the-wall Zelda title, but I just like Zelda in general. And so I, I am glad to see more of it. You know, would I have been more excited for Breath of the Wild 2 or other games bringing, bringing out on the Switch? Sure. But I'm interested in it. I, I want to give it a shot. You know, I'll, I'll give you a lot of good updates if I play it. So this is the only Zelda left for me to finish to say I've beaten all the canon Zeldas up through Age of Calamity. Impressive. Oh, I've yeah, that's right. Me. Oh, gosh. So, um, I 
when this game came out, like when, when Twilight Princess came out, I had bought a Wii and I could not do the motion controls. I got frustrated. I didn't finish it until recently on the, the GameCube edition. And then when this game came out, I got so frustrated. I literally quit playing video games for eight years because uh, I was like, I just played board games. I was getting into board games at the time and I just said, screw it. I'm sick of Nintendo. I'm sick of motion controls. This game broke me. But then recently I got like five or 10 hours in and then I couldn't take it anymore. But I wanted to, you know, I want to finish the game. But like the, the rules, is, it's a cool setting. Like it's not, it's just, I just can't stand motion controls, period. And so I am hyped about this. But my question about this is, okay, that when that, when they had that concert a few years ago and um, was it Miyamoto? How was it Miyamoto? It was, I can't remember who, it was Anuma who said, you know, you guys want Skyward Sword on, on Switch, right? And then Nintendo was like, we're not doing that. There's no news. Maybe they changed their mind. I highly doubt it. They had to have news. Nintendo's so secretive about this. Why yeah. wouldn't you just say, like, yeah, give us a few years, but we're going to do it. Like, what what strategic marketing advantage is there being like, no, don't tell them that? Well, uh, Derek, I, I don't know if you know, but there was this game that was announced quite a few years back called Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. By the way, a comment There is such a thing as too much hype, so... I, well, speaking of too much hype, IGN gave the original Skyward Sword a 10 out of 10. I don't know if you guys remember really? that. Yeah. yeah. I think they were alone in that. I mean, to pretty be fair, I'm pretty sure there was a very severe Zelda drought uh, between Skyward Sword and the last game. <laughs> David, yeah. you're just like, what? Um, yeah, if you, if you go right now, do it on the stream. Say, I'm looking up their review if it's still there. Interesting. Should, I didn't, should I look up? I should online. I look up the infamous uh, four to ten that they gave for God Hand as well? Or maybe just go to Metacritic. Yeah. It's not gonna show up on. And then there you go. Ten ten. There it is. Wow. Yeah. There the you go. greatest Zelda game ever created, according to. Wow, this Ocarina. one person really Ocarina likes Skyward Sword. Ocarina of Time has oops. Ocarina of Time match. has met its match. Wow. That is just a gutsy match. right there. Fire. Is, Literally fire. I'm kind of stunned right now. I will say I don't despise Skyward Sword. I think it is kind of nice for Zelda to take a few steps. It's an interesting setting, you know, new characters, not having Ganon as the main villain. You know, I think it's cool. I want to play it. I want to, you know, make my own conclusions about it. But 10 out of 10 does seem like kind of a stretch considering I'm being very mixed reception to various other fans. But I don't know. It's definitely not See, as good as Ocarina of Time, but no. it is really good. I really enjoyed it. Seems okay. Seems kind of weird so, where it says here, like near the end, no game is perfect, and Skyward Sword suffers from a few small issues. And that's then a little bunch of issues. Okay, well, so hold on, back up. So David's the one that's actually beat this game. Yeah. Now, David, do you feel? Are you getting this on Switch? Oh, absolutely. Are you going to play it with motion controls? Probably, just because it's fun. I liked it. I thought it was fun. Like motion controls. I might play with motion controls. I'll probably oh, switch back and forth. You guys are making me so upset. It's fun <laughs> to swing a sword. What can I say? Well, actually, David just brought up a really good point. The one time I've enjoyed motion controls is I've noticed... So in Breath of the Wild, right, you can actually aim with the controller... Mm-hmm. Um, about the stick, I kind of ended up doing both, where like I would jerk the controller to like the vague part of the screen, and then do it the you know the precision with the stick. Right. Did they say if you're gonna be able to do both at once? Like, can you touch the button or swing it? Because in that case, I might kind of enjoy being able to have both options. 
I don't know. I don't know either. I guess we'll see how it plays out. I, I'm not sure if they actually addressed that uh, in the direct either. So, well, I'm optimistic. <laughs> I'm psyched for this. I already took my abandon and backlog off for the original, and I'm throwing my Wii in the trash because GameStop <laughs> wants to give GameStop wants to give me one penny for it. So, oh, we thought sold it online, man. We bought less than thirty dollars a piece. Literally, you can literally sell that on eBay or Craigslist for like. 20 bucks or something easy. Just use it as a paperweight. I'm taking it to Goodwill. Oh. It happened game consoles in Goodwill. Oh well. Splatoon 3. Yeah, Splatoon 3. Um, I actually was. I'm happy for you. Yeah, I actually was kind of excited about this one. Um, although I'm not sure if I'll actually play it um, because I want to hear if they'll actually address the online issue. The online issues right now for the switch first um like uh i, I kind of want to see how monster hunter rise rises online performs uh since i i'm pretty sure this will be coming out uh well after monster hunter rise so that's pretty much it otherwise yeah more more splatoon uh, i'm sure people are happy uh the the bow looks pretty cool I'm not sure about that though. Uh, that might be a turnoff for me, but what little creature? Uh, if you want to call it that, sure, whatever it is. Uh... As sin against man and God, um, there's different terms for it. Yeah, I don't know. Splatoon is one of the most my favorite like new Nintendo franchises. I think it's always cool when it, when something can like come out of the good work like that and make a name for itself. Mm-hmm. So you know, it is good to see Nintendo is willing to push forward and. Uh, give us more about people like so I'm excited for it. All good stuff. Anything else to say? Splatoon is cool. Yeah, yes, good. Pretty much. I'm happy other people are happy. But then Joe's reaction was, "Why are they giving us Splatoon three and not Metroid Prime 4? <laughs> that is also <laughs> a valid reaction to have. Splatoon, like many of these, were very odd choices. Considering how much Nintendo fans have been clamoring for attention to their old franchises for years and years and years, so the salt is real for a lot of people. I don't have a whole lot of skin in the game, so I'm kind of only disappointed in no Breath of the Wild 2 news, but, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how much... You're always disappointed. I'm not sure how much... No Metroid news. I'm always disappointed. Understandable. Is this really zero-sum, though? Like, if they weren't making Splatoon 3, would those devs really be working on Metroid? Oh, 4? no. No. So Probably. I, most definitely not. So I don't, I don't, you know, I think that's a faulty logic. You know, saying like they get this, but we don't get Metro Prime Four. I mean, that that's fair enough. I can't be mad for people that want Splatoon Three, but I can be a little incensed that Nintendo neglects a lot of their older franchises. I don't care how illogical it is; I'm still mad. Fair enough. The that's the point Nintendo fan for you. The point really being, they shouldn't have announced it in the first place. Really. Yeah, I don't like kids to be happy, so Splatoon Three is a no for me. Yeah, I guess, Sam, I guess you could have used Metroid Prime 4 as an example instead of Cyberpunk. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know. I I, I, I can't say anything about that because I never played a Metroid, uh, Metroid Prime. Um, that's sad. Yeah. I, I don't have much to say here. There's Mario Golf. Well, you know, if they released a collection on it, maybe I would. No. no, forget that. Uh, anyway, um, Mario Golf Super Rush, uh, cool. Um, it looks fun. I like Mario sports games. Mario Strikers is one of my favorite games on the Wii, actually. 
Um, I may pick it up. We'll see. Yeah. I would play this at somebody else's house. I am not going to pay for it. It very much is one of those games that you just like, hey, I've got games. Let's play Mario Golf. We have that. Like, I, cool. I feel like I feel like with every Mario game that has come out so far, I'm just like, mm, I kind of want to get it, but do I really want to pay full price for it? Not really. It was really good. So. The, the Mario sports games are kind of hit or miss, but... They, they do have their value to them. They're colorful. They're fun. They're well done. Everyone gets to pick their characters. I think they're enjoyable, and yeah. you know, but it's not something we'd be clamoring to get necessarily. Yeah. Odyssey, whoever said that Odyssey was really good. Do you think we're gonna get Mario Kart Nine on the Switch at some point? I would like that. That's one of the other games that, like, again, like you said, you can't diss the fact that Mario Golf came out and then say why wouldn't you get us Mario Kart Nine? But <laughs> man, fans have been clamoring for Mario Kart Nine. People really like Mario Kart. I, like the thing is, I've been going back and forth of whether to get Mario Kart Eight or not. But again, I'm just like, I don't know. Do I really want to get it, or is it just like I just want, I just want to be able to play with play with people online. But then at the same I'm time, I don't know. Maybe you know what? Honestly, I could just get the game and then play it on my own just to like learn the tracks and other mechanics. Because I remember playing Mario Kart 8 before and just getting utterly destroyed because I did not know what to do at all. Like, I thought it, I thought it was just going to be relatively easy and I wouldn't really need to know anything. But no, apparently there's a lot I need to know. So, Sam, I want you to take that energy and finish Silver Case instead. Fair enough, yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Y'all play too many games. Dad over here telling you to save your money. Play one game. That's it. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, I, I got... will say though, Wario's fit is the best part of that trailer. Like, oh yeah, that's all I have to say is that Wario and his sick little like uncle outfit really confirms his. He's just the uncle of the Mario universe. That's all I have to say. Mm-hmm. Memes are fire. Uh, well, we already talked about this. It already, is another so Octopathy RPG. I am downloading this demo as soon as we're done. Yeah. I will say a brief comment about this. I really like that this dev is doing this early demo thing and then like taking feedback rather and then doing a real demo and rather than like and this seems like the way to manage hype right and not be like we're getting to it in two years. It's, it's like early access for Switch, right? Mm-hmm. Except um, maybe a little more closed doors, but willing to iterate on it. So I'm excited for this. I'm, uh, I'm going to take this question. Um, did they do that same strategy with Octopath Traveler too? I don't remember it for Octopath. Just for I think Bravely Default Two is the first time they've done it. Okay. And then now they're now they're doing it again. I guess yeah. it worked enough for them to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like I like the idea of using a demo to get feedback, because yeah. then it's like, oh well, we have time. Well, we still have some time before the game actually comes out. So, why not get some feedback on like gameplay and stuff like that and see what else we could change. Um, like uh, I. I said it in the group chat um, on the on the day of when the direct dropped, but I said uh, with clapping emotes, normalize demos. Um, I think I truly believe demos are a great way to to constructively build hype for a game, and it's also a good way to know if you'll enjoy the game or not and sometimes it's hard to tell and 
also it's hard to just drop money just to try it out uh yeah and yes I I, and yes i know there's like a refund thing now for a lot of games but that's not the point the point is being able to try it to try it first um because like you know there there's a lot of games uh there's a lot of games that could have benefited from having a demo out first and then having some things tweaked. Uh, if not, if not like major things, even small things that can help, um, that can help improve the gaming experience uh, in small ways that, that won't be, that won't be like add-ons to uh, major flaws of certain games. So. Eric and Mike is on. Mike is off. Thank you. I don't know if this no is problem. a good, bad, or neutral comment, but in the board game space, Kickstarter has really enabled this, where uh, if you back a project, it's like the, the backers think that they should be part of the like process of design, even though they have no idea what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, when they see updates or whatever, or they see sculpts of pieces, or in the case of video games, they get an early demo, then they feel like, you know, I'm I'm basically funding your project. I'm I'm the I'm the publisher basically, so I should have a say in what this is. Um, and I that culture is both good and bad. It's good, like this early demo thing. I think is a good way to do it, kind of properly. On the other hand, some Kickstarters just end up stupid because they let the backers just run away with it. So I don't know where that culture should kind of land to be healthy, but I think this is a good example of kind of something coming out of that shift in attitudes that's a good thing mm. yeah uh yeah i mean like um i didn't actually play octopath traveler at all i only played the demo for the most part but this does seem kind of interesting um although granted it has been kind of difficult for me to latch onto uh any game that's like uh uh what is it like isometric, isometric tactical RPG, uh, save for Fire Emblem, really. Honestly, yeah, I don't sure know they're... why it's so difficult for me when like I have played Fire Emblem before. So I don't know. They're definitely trying to make a spiritual sequel to Final Fantasy Tactics here, which is honestly one of the best games ever made. So I'm, I'm that's where the hype is coming from for me. Mm-hmm. And then, um, uh, yeah, moving on. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, guys. Well, okay. We'll, we'll just we'll just mention it real quick, I guess, because uh, some people might. It's made by Zynga. Yeah, so there's not much to say here. Yep, it's just that's the thing. Bearing itself again. Like I saw that three-headed dog in the little corner, and I was like, "Well, First. writing this off right away." <laughs> I would like to believe it. Everyone loves the orange bounty hunters, and you know it sounds like it'd be cool, but it's online. It's squad based, made by Zanga. It's free to play. I have very little interest in it. It's squad based. Sounds like it's going to be a battle royale game. Uh... Oh, I have zero interest because it's Star Wars. Here's right. a highlight. That's fine. I would I would rather pay full price for Kingdom Hearts on the Epic Game Store than pay a than play a free to play. Battle Royale game. That's fair enough. That's a good. That's a good pocket hey, to have. That's rude to Apex Legends. 
Okay. So them putting Fall Guys out on the Switch feels a little late. Not going to lie, because I don't think anyone plays Fall Guys anymore. What do you mean? It was fun, but it was definitely one of those games that we played and we're like, this is going to last like a month, right? And most of us were correct about that after its little initial burst hype. Well, I mean, my I, brother excited about it. The, but the, that's about the only person I think. The thing is, like, Among Us blew up like just after it released is the problem. Yeah. So. I don't know if they just like post poached audiences, but Among Us definitely had longer staying power, even if it was more of a. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure some people will enjoy it, but I really don't know how much is actually going to help them boost their player I base. Mean, I mean, I'll say, I'll say that like as long as they continue updating the game, then they'll be fine. Um, it doesn't have to be gangbusters all the time. It just has to be. It just has to do well long enough. Uh, to like solidify its audience, and I, I think it has. Um, to be honest, and you know, like, it's been some time, and they release, they release a port, and that'll yeah. stir up interest again. But sure, uh, I mean, like I said, certain audiences. My brother, for example, yeah, is younger. He doesn't have a PS4. He only has a Switch, and he would watch it play Fall Guys, and really wanted one on the Switch, and so. He has his own YouTube channel, and he posted a bunch about how he excited he was for this. It's my favorite thing happening. So, I mean, you just you know, you just hit it on the head. I bet there are a lot of ten to twelve year olds who could only ever play this on Switch, and yeah. there's probably like millions. And it's and a great game for the Switch, honestly. It's very fit with the vibe of it. Mm-hmm. So I think they will get a new audience of kids that don't have another way to play it. Yeah. Yeah. And this way, the parents can work on their computers instead of uh, forsaking it to keep the children entertained. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, after that, just some small news. Um, Hardware Warriors Age of Calamity expansion pass announced. Um, uh, who is it? Uh, Tecmo Koi has done this before with other Warriors games as well. So, this is pretty much par for the course um what was surprising about it is that um they're basically getting released i think like two months apart essentially so um i don't know if it's like it was nintendo's decision or technical decision to handle it that way but um yeah I, i just found it interesting because um you usually see a much longer time time difference uh between uh dlcs getting getting released uh for anything nintendo related so um do we know if this has story content because i really want it to not have any so i can ignore it i have no idea i don't i don't i don't think it was even i don't think it was even listed in the trailer itself either i'm pretty sure it's not just expanded characters new stages no no, no, no additional story content. It says it right there in second line. Thank oh, yeah, you, okay. Jesus. So good news, Derek. You don't have, you don't have to play that. Woohoo. Cool. Oops. Uh, and then Ninja Gaiden Master Collection announced. Um, I was, I was pretty excited about this because um, I always wanted to go back to these games and try them out. Um. Although what's kind of unfortunate is that um, is that it's not uh, for the first Ninja Gaiden uh, for 360, rather um, it's the Sigma version and not the Black version, um, which is actually like the most updated version of that game that 
that was last released. Uh, not sure why that was the case, but um, uh, I don't know. Hopefully, it's not too bad. Oh no, wait, no. It says here it's an enhanced port of Ninja Gaiden Black. Oh, okay. Okay, never mind. I had that backwards. All right then, moving on. Uh, <clears throat> All right, I like a good master collection because I never played the original Ninja Gaiden game. I had a good chance to get into them. Mm -hmm. uh, those games are really hard, though. Just so you know. <laughs> I'm up to the challenge. I'm I'm cool. I like yeah. video games. I, I mean, it, it's not as bad as the original Ninja Gaiden, which was basically one hit kills. But uh, are they harder than Cluster? Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure, um, when Ninja Gaiden for 360 first came out, it was like considered one of the hardest games of that year. Um, hey. uh, next on the docket, uh, Super Mario items added to Animal Crossing. Um, that's exciting. Cool. The Animal Crossing uh, city folk, the Nintendo items are not their parts of the game. I proudly had a, um, an R-Wing from Star Fox in my house. Yeah. And it's kind of fun that some of them are functional, too. Like the little like pipes that you go across your island. So I'm like... Mm -hmm. Is there a chance that Animal Crossing has outsold Breath of the Wild? Or at least by rate of, of I adoption? I don't know. I don't think it has, but it's definitely up there. Uh... And then there's Metopia, um, Outer Wilds coming in the summer, uh, which uh, the direct also horribly spoiled uh, one of the early <laughs> one of the early twists of that game. I thought that was kind of odd for them to do, but okay, I guess. Um, Put your sleuthing skills to. Uops. Uh, re. So these are apparently remakes, um, and they're basically uh, visual novel detective games, I suppose. Uh, Derek shouted out to me um, on our Discord that uh, these have my name written all over it. I wasn't quite sure how to take that statement, but I said thank you nonetheless. If these are cheap, I might give them a shot. Yeah. By the way, the only game that's outsold Animal Crossing on the Switch is Mario Kart. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Even Smash doesn't hold a candle to Animal Crossing. Uh, okay. Uh, Samurai Warriors 5, uh, beginning part to Switch. I didn't even know yeah, we were, we're getting, up that much. For we're kind of getting to the dregs, right? Like, Legend of Amanda is not that exciting. Uh, maybe some of these ports, but, like, I don't know, like, Tales from the Borderlands... This is for like the PC thing, right? Like, is it that exciting to get a game right after everybody else on a new platform? Yeah. It is? Wait, wait sorry. Wait, sorry. <laughs> I actually really, was half I, listening to you. Is it really that exciting to get a game, you know, a year and a half later because it's on a new platform? I mean, I guess Switch is portable. Um, but the the I am a little excited. I will check out the Saga Frontier remaster. I'm, I'm Yeah, I want to check out that game too, honestly, because... Um, because uh the free uh, I forget what they called it when they marked when they first marketed the game, but basically the free range story element to it is really interesting to me. 
like there's basically seven characters and you can freely choose um which character to follow and That's then cool. um all the characters uh basically fall into the story as it goes along it's honestly a, a 20 year early precursor 25 years maybe to um octopath mm-hmm. right it's a very similar concept yeah uh i guess i won't show that then yeah um we need to fire through these real quick so legend of mana uh monster Hunter rise um it, it was somewhat of a new trailer but not much more info was released about it um tales from the borderlands getting announced uh for nintendo switch um Capcom Arcade Stadium surprise. Uh, I, I guess normally Capcom games on the Switch. Yeah, I guess I guess normally I would be excited for this, but um, I'm not particularly too hot on a lot of those old arcade games. Uh, to be perfectly honest, in my opinion, a lot of them are just not very good, actually. Uh, and some of these are already available actually in the uh, in the Capcom Beat 'em Up bundle. That was released a while back too. So, and Capcom porting anything is not a surprise, no matter when it is or yeah. how much notice. No. It's not a surprise. If anything, Capcom reporting some games is more of a problem than than it is like excitement, really. Uh, okay. So, Rebel Without a Pulse is this like a classic game or something? Because I've never heard of this game. Shambles, Dub is a Zombie. I Damien seems to enjoy it, but I've never heard of it, so uh that looks fun, I guess. Derek, David, any have either of you heard of this game? I had not, but it, it wouldn't be my style even if I had seen it. Yeah. It's really I have no idea what it is. Can you touch it? Burn me. Yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, these next two I'm actually excited for. Uh, no More Heroes 3 uh, for August 27th. Super excited for that. Interestingly enough, um, people who have played Traffic Strikes again basically got a sneak peek of the gameplay for No More Heroes 3, actually, because uh, I was really surprised to see that they included the... Uh, that they included the death skill system uh, from Traffic Strikes Again. So I was like, oh, okay. So that's basically what it was. Uh, and, uh, there Neon, you go. Yeah, and uh, Neon White, um, a first-person card battler coming to Switch. Uh, super weird. Um, I thought that one looked interesting. Yeah. Actually made by... Um, Ben Esposito, uh, who's known to make pretty out there games. Um, his last game being, uh, I believe, What Remains of Edith Finch. And then before that was Donut County. Um, not much That's about that lot. either, but... It'd be interesting. Yeah. Somehow I missed the card battling when this was announced, so... Oh, really? Um, I'm mildly curious. Yeah, I didn't catch that either. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll just skip to the part in the trailer where they show that off. I'm torn between my love of card games and my disdain for first-person games. Oh my goodness. 
Yeah, so it, I think it's still really an FPS, but um, you basically go through cards. So it's like uh, limited uh, limited uses. Oh, that's yeah, rocket jumping. Interesting. Like, like, are you shuffling a deck, or is it really just an awkward way to show your like list of abilities, and they don't have to be cards? Like, yeah, I think like it's really just abilities that you pick up. Judgment. Like the cards leading into video games sometimes is not really like it doesn't need to be a card if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it's it's hard to tell to what extent they're really you like. I'm kind of intrigued by it. It looks a little unorthodox, not only mechanics. So yeah. uh, again, Ben Esposito thrives on being weird with his games. Yeah. Um, sometimes they work. My sometimes they don't. So. Now. Go um, for it, David. My interest is just a little bit less now that it's i know card <laughs> but it still could be good i mean i'm gonna give it a shot uh it, it i i just think it, what's really interesting is that is like neon white kind of feels like his most orthodox game compared to his other games which is weird to say um anyway uh uh dc superhero girls team power announced oh my goodness i i couldn't even get through that without falling asleep um hey i've got a six-year-old that might want to play that we'll see yeah i don't know it could be good i i wasn't really impressed by what i saw there though but who knows it's um, dc i don't care oh that's fair oh anyway um Seven. plants versus zombies spell for neighborville um that Fun, weird squad shooter i think it was um uh, yeah, Th this was, I don't know, this was like the most, um, this was like the most trend chasing trailer that they, that they had on the direct. Um, it's kind of weird. Uh, I I'm, I'm not going to even click on it because it was just so generic, unfortunately. The mechanics were cool. I, I just kind of wish they focused more on that rather than the weird, like, uh pixel pixel princess cod clone and then uh warcraft orc just talking about a, a shooting game the fight for yeah. survival uh this one uh world's end club um by the creators of danganronpa and uh uh zero oh shoot I think Zero Eclipse Dilemma is the name of the game, of the other game. Um, th this kind of threw me off because I thought it was going to be like another visual novel game, but then, but then it quickly sidetracks into a two D explorer, um, which is weird because uh, Danganronpa doesn't normally do these types of games obviously um but i'm guessing uh what's going to happen is is like the majority you're going to be doing is the side scrolling and then in between there are also going to be like elements. story segments uh to kind of yeah. like try to figure out what's happening next um interesting yeah uh again 
kind of weird concept, but could be interesting. I don't know. Um, Bravely Default Two trailer. Yeah, Bravely Default Two covered that. Don't show me. Don't show me here. Uh, Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection. Um, I don't That's know. That's kind of fun. Yeah, I don't know. Like uh, the the, I guess I'll show the trailer. Um, the art kind of just threw me off personally. Uh, it, it it wasn't like particularly the latest installment in exciting, I suppose. It just kind of looks. Mm -hmm. Like, I can I see what you mean. It's, yeah, yeah. Know. it just kind of looked off to me. Um, but then again, I I don't really have fond memories of this game, too. It's not an easy game ones. either. So. It is not. It's kind of infamous for that. But you know, it's there. People will enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I though. guess. I like that boss. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I will pick it up now because of that one boss. Uh, and then finally, uh, Apex Legends coming to Switch. Awesome. That's cool. Um, kind of crazy that there is a way for that game to to operate on that platform. Um, yeah, the amount of corner they have to cut to do that is crazy, but yeah. I'm impressed. I, I have to imagine because, because of how the map, big the maps are to how they're going to compensate for that as well um but then again i guess like uh with the heroes and their abilities it shouldn't be too much of a problem if i remember correctly uh i i i haven't touched that game honestly since like season one i i only played Same. it for like a bit and then stopped after uh and then hades getting a physical edition for switch uh which is cool also includes a PC download code, so you basically get the game, the game twice for, for the price of one. Uh, and a and an art book actually, which, actually would be pretty cool. I might consider double dipping if that's the case, honestly. Uh, just for that art book, because I really like the art in that game. It's super cool, and I'm a big fan of art books, so. Okay, uh, woo, that took us a while to get through. Um, so we'll just go through the other news yeah. just real quick. Uh, so this is kind of a this is kind of part of a a developing story. Um, after rumors, after rumors hit about um, there possibly being a remake of Metal Gear Solid One for the PS Five. Uh, a Bluebird team. Um, which created the medium, which re released recently, uh, has hinted at working on Silent Hill, but it's not the only one. Um, I'm not sure how how solid this rumor is because I saw another article talking about Kojima possibly working on Silent Hills, although I don't know that. That may, I may have just mistaken that for an order an older article uh, back then. Um, so there's not much to say, but uh, I don't really care who's working as long as we get a new one. 
Yeah. I would like that. I might kind of heard a little bit of stuff in the PT demo, and then watching all of that go downhill. So I'm a little afraid this one can't turn out like Metal Gear Survive. Well, it, it's it's but, not going to be PT, whatever, whatever it might be. Um, oh no, I know, but it's not going to be anything close to the Silent Hills project that PT was, you know, originally teasing. Yeah. So I'm a little hesitant to get interested in this, just because right now it's like basically rumors. Um. And I don't know if it'll really live up to the hype that Silent Hill is putting together, but we'll see. I'll, I'll run open. Yeah, I've only played the first Silent Hill, but I loved it, and I'm I want to play the rest of the series. The second one is the best. I yeah. hope there's You you yeah. From what I from what I've heard, you've uh you pretty much have to play two and three mm-hmm. after the first one, honestly. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, YouTube channel the Great Debate, uh, basically. Um, they published an uh, an hour long video um, presenting evidence that that uh, these that these rumors may have ground um, to because of it corresponds um, Akira Yamaoka doing an interview about working on another game uh, with Bloober team because he composed music for the medium, um, but then. Uh, that um, that interview was then taken down, if I remember correctly, uh, short shortly after it was tweeted out. Um, so there's not much else there. Uh... I will say, as far as outsourcing um, franchises and the concerns with that, I, I generally would have been skeptical in the past, but I think Nintendo's relationship with Koei Tecmo has been pretty positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that makes me think you pick the right studio, you do this right. It's not a bad thing. And um, Drew Feistner reviewed the medium for us, and he was very positive on it. So um, mm. it, it, it seems, and also given that it's the right genre, that kind of game. I mean, he said he he found the medium to be pretty spooky. So it's not like they're picking you know the wrong kind of developer. So I mean, who knows if it's true? But I, I if you're a Silent Hill fan, I wouldn't view it as like bad news. I would be cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if anything, it's just like, um, it's just that it's getting talked about. So I guess, uh, fingers crossed really. Um, I, I mean, like if anything, it's, uh, I, I want these IPs to continue just because like, I know there are people who want these, uh, IPs to come back in some way. Um, if anything, for me, it's just like I, I would just want them to be good, really. Uh, it, it's just kind of weird that like Konami is like, if this is true, it's weird that they're deciding to do this now, um, and which I guess it means uh, the pachinko business has not been as good to them lately. Uh, that being more so the case um, with last year with the pandemic and everything. But yeah, um, good to hear. Hopefully it's true. Mm-hmm. And then finally, um, we're, uh, we're running short. We're kind of running short a bit on time, but um, so I'll just skip through this like here and there. Uh, have any of you guys checked out this trailer for Black Myth Wukong? Nope. Uh, 
Derek Malcott. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I can't say that I have. So, um, uh, I I didn't check out this trailer. This is the gameplay trailer, and um, <clears throat> I think there, uh, I think there's also a video on the on the studio's Twitter that shows them playing playing the game in office. So, as far as I know, all this right now is is in game um which is kind of crazy because a lot of the detail looks really good oh and the bug is a man okay <laughs> i didn't expect that um uh, I, I remember hearing in an interview that uh the main developer if i remember correctly said that they took a lot of ins inspiration from sekiro as well as uh the new god of war game as well um which i mean it's kind of oh, obvious just looking combat. at this gameplay right now it looks really nice yeah like um i think everyone was basically taken away by how good this game looked uh when it uh when the trailer dropped um unfortunately <laughs> it's not gonna look that good in the preview um i'm looking at it right now i apologize for that so uh Go check out the Black Myth Wukong trailer uh, if you have the time. Okay. Um, so, sorry about that. Um, Derek had to step out uh, because he has to get ready for work tomorrow. He has children, unlike any of the rest of us. So. I, I mean, I have work tomorrow. I, I do need to go to bed soon, too. But anyway, um, so for our discussion for tonight, um, it was a question I posed. Um, so, David, all your animals are really annoying getting in frame this week. <laughs> Does the cat have an opinion to say? Or is it a cat? Yeah, very probably. opinionated creatures. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She's very opinionated. Mm -hmm. She just says like something wild, like Persona Five was mid, <laughs> and then walks away. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So the question for or rather our discussion today is um and this is kind of similar to a discussion Derek posed before but um so uh like what particular what particular thing like it, and this can be anything like whether it's something major or something small uh what particular aspect of a game uh, immediately makes it unplayable to you? Um, and I, I guess I'll just start off with one thing. Oh, uh, sorry, David, did you have something? I, I can wait. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> just to give an uh, to give an idea. Um, I talked about it before, but uh, one of the things that uh, where like I just straight up gave up on um, Tokyo Mirage sessions was just like uh, while I didn't give up on it right away, uh, I was basically like four chapters in until I finally decided I've had enough of this game. Uh, I don't want to waste my time on it anymore, and. 
I think the reason why was mostly just because um, the story didn't feel very substantial. Like, um, or or if anything, uh, the story started to feel very predictable in its uh, in its pacing, and um, like it wasn't, and it just wasn't very captivating. As like say like. Uh, Witcher Three or uh, Red Dead Two or I, I guess more. Uh, I, I guess um, just to give a more relatable example, uh, like Persona Five, um, because like despite uh, problems I have with that, with that game, uh, I can definitely say it's a lot more interesting than uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, which I. I like I just had real trouble uh staying committed to that game just mm-hmm. in general. It, it 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 just got really boring. Um like pretty quickly, honestly. Yeah, I would say that definitely there is an aspect of if the game's not engaging with you or really drawing you in, it's hard to want to stay committed and put the time in. I think I saw something on Twitter about this recently was kind of like a lot of times you hit that odd point, especially with RPGs, where you're 10 hours into a game and you just lose all interest in it, but you still have the game. And so there's this weird session of, like, do I want to continue pushing through past this 10-hour mark because I have it and want to keep playing it? Or don't want to keep playing it, but you want to go ahead and finish it? Um, or not. And so, I don't know. A better way to put it, I suppose, is the idea of, like, you have a product, you're paying for the game, to entertain you and reach and engage with you. And unlike other forms of media where you can watch a movie and be like, Oh wow, that was disappointing. With a game, you take a lot of your time to put into it and a lot of effort as well, mental effort, physical effort. Um, so yeah, I figure that out earlier than later on, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, I say for me, one of the biggest things that makes that, uh, for me, like right off the bat, uh, control schemes are what can kill a game dead in the water for me, or or just how they control how they feel. Um, I, mean, I usually can be fairly gracious to games and you know try to figure them out, but there have been points where I think actually it's funny enough. This is it's the 14th anniversary today of Sonic and Secret Rings, and I mentioned previously on the podcast, but I've played very few games that use a sideways Wii remote configuration as a main control feature. There have been some. But uh, Sonic and Secret Rings use that, and they require consistent amounts of tilting to jump up. Oh, okay. Oh, that's and so weird. That is one of the only games that I quit immediately after the first level. And I've never played it again. So happy 14-year anniversary of me not playing that game anymore. Um, because, frankly, like, I... If I'm only playing a game for a long period of time, and every single time I have to do an action, it's just unmappable to fix something that feels extraordinarily uncomfortable. I I can't do that. Hmm. I I thought I was gonna have something to say, but I didn't. Sorry. Yeah, David. Go like ahead. Derek was saying is like his limited ability to have patience for um, motion controls. Hmm. Yeah. For sure. What was your example, David? 
for me, it's just bad gameplay in general. Because I can yeah. deal with, you know, bad graphics to a degree. I can deal with a bad story because the first Borderlands hardly even has a story. True. But it's the fun game because the gameplay is good. Mm. If I can even put up with bad voice acting as long as the gameplay is fun. And so if that's bad, I give up really quickly. Um, do you have an example of of where that was the case? Um, I have two off the top of my head, which are Outbreak Epidemic and Residence of Fate. And the only reason I stayed with those as long as I had, or as, as long as I did, is because I was reviewing them. Oh, yeah, that's extra fun when you have a game that you're reviewing and you kind of just have to keep playing it. Yeah. Well, if I wasn't reviewing them, I'd have given up within the first hour or two. Yeah, for sure. And um, I, I definitely agree with uh, with uh, <laughs> I I know you just said the game, but I literally just forgot its name of whatever epidemic. Uh, fate. The outbreak epidemic. Outbreak epidemic. Yeah, I I've seen. I've seen a video of that game. Oh boy, that that does not look fun to play. Um, it's really not. Oh my goodness, yeah it it didn't look great. But I mean, like, I, okay, okay. I I need to ask because um I saw that white walk cycle, and while it is um I'll, I will say it's a very strong walk cycle for a character to have. Uh, how how bad was it to like move around? With that walk cycle, eh, <laughs> it was okay. Like what? Like was it sluggish? Was it? Yeah, it was sluggish. You, you, it was hard to move around because your flashlight did nothing. It was completely dark in every every direction, and if you go too fast, you'll inevitably run into a monster and die. Hmm. Fun. Oh yes. And um, actually, I want to ask you about Resonance of Fate because um, I I mean like I I will I will agree that I think I think that game ha- has a very very terrible problem with explaining its controls to you or even gameplay at all as to how that's supposed to work. Uh, yeah. But like, just so you can elaborate on it, like uh. What what was like the most outstanding issue you had with that game uh, as soon as you touched it? I think the fact that if one member of your party dies, you get a game over, and it's oh, really, really oh, easy wow. for that to happen. Yeah, dang, Yikes. that's crazy. Yeah, and it's really easy for it to happen because you only have a limited number of things you can do. If you don't do it right, you're basically open an open target, and yeah, you die pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I think cause when I played it, um, and like trying out that combat, uh, while while being like horribly obtuse, um, I I did find it interesting to a certain degree where it was like, I feel like, I I, I feel like um. Maybe if they were able to explain it better, or at least like. Put you in more situations that required you to you uh to utilize the mechanics um more concretely it might be easier to understand but then again at the same time it's kind of it is kind of a lot um 
for the game to expect you to to just know to just know to like uh use those first few battles as like learning experiences uh more than anything because i think that's around the time where um like video games in general were trying to like learn how to streamline the experience mm. and and not really like and and not really learning how to tutorialize a level because uh, it was kind of like because it, it was kind of like you know at that point um tutorials still weren't really a thing uh it was more mm. kind of like you just kind of had to decide whether you were going to nuance it in your first level or anything and you know like no games really did that as or at, at least like uh like games with a 3d perspective um no games really did that better than you know for example like original dooms e1 m1 and uh mario super mario 64 um just like starting out starting out like outside the castle yeah and like trying to understand like how jumps work and what you could do with those jumps and stuff like that i think you make up a good point in the fact that the first few few hours of the game are they're really essential to selling you on it um especially everything from here's the story here's why this is interesting you know a storytelling hook from the writing perspective here's the world here's why you should want to explore it here's what makes the game interesting in terms of gameplay here's why you would like to play with that and if we fail to sell you on any of these like major things you're gonna leave um i mean gameplay is one of the biggest elements but i think one of the things that's made games hard maybe you might want to pick them up is either the tutorial drags on way too long the story is extraordinarily something i'm not super interested in or you have a situation like Sam was saying, like I think one of the most frustrating, especially if you go back further in earlier games, I was talking about Metal, Metal Wolf Chaos earlier on, is it's it's way too hard or there's very limited amounts of instruction as to how to move forward, or how to make the best use of your abilities. I mean, I used to play a lot of older games, and the amount of times you'd, have, you'd eventually go, you could play through hours of the game, struggling through it, and then go, oh, I've had this ability that I didn't know I could use that way. The entire time, it would have made this way easier. Um, I forget which game it was, but I think there was one that I managed to beat almost the entire game without jumping, because <laughs> the jump was mapped somewhere weirdly, and I didn't realize that jumping was an option that you could do until I hit finally a level where you had to jump, and I was extraordinarily frustrated, and then I started Googling stuff, and I was like, there's a jump button? Oh. I'm, I'm really curious as to what game that was, because... I wish I could remember off the top of my head. Because if it was a platform, there's no way. But um, yeah, because that that's crazy. Like, how can you go through a whole game without? I I mean, okay, I mean, like, I don't know what your experience with that game was. To be fair, but if there was a jump button, then it's like there must have been other moments where you're just like, man, I, I just like were you just going like, man, I just really wish I could jump. <laughs> there was explicitly. You know what? I remember what it was. It was the first Bioshock. Um, I don't know why I didn't know how to jump in the first Bioshock for several hours, and then I had a puzzle that required no, it. You I, know, I was just, yeah. Yeah, no, you know what? I I totally understand that because because um, 
through a majority of that game, like just skimming through uh, some of those levels in, in my head, yeah, there's no reason to jump ever. There's like, one what? specific example where you have to get over some pipes. Yeah. And that was the first time I couldn't figure out how to do it. Because it looked like you could almost walk over them with like some ramps and stuff. Or you're supposed to shoot through. And so I was just shooting at stuff in the environment where I hit things, make it work. And I started Googling it. And then I was yeah. like, oh, you can jump? So when I find out I can jump, I just jump everywhere I go. Fair enough. Dang, that's crazy though. Because you know what I want to do now? I want to install Bioshock 1 and see like... Could, cause I I don't even know, I don't even know if you can jump, like, cause now I just think you're crazy. Actually, but, you can jump in the first Bioshock. Yeah, I no, think. No, no I'm like, questioning. I don't do that to me. Yeah, no, 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 no. Right. Like, I believe you, but it's just like, it's just like I don't I don't remember jumping in that game either. That's the thing. But you definitely, I, I seriously, you definitely jump in Bioshock Infinite. I know that for yeah. sure. I'll pull up a tutorial on my phone, and the tutorial was like, yeah, you go here, and then you jump over this box, and I'm like, you can... Oh. Man, that's wild. And it's just a tiny example. Bioshock 1 isn't even that old. Yeah. But there are a lot of games that are like that that refuse to explain everything from your basic abilities to just, oh, here's how you do a certain combo that you're required to beat this thing, or you have to go here to unlock this. Um, that was my issue with Hollow Knight, was very limited amounts of directions right off the bat. I'm sure I'll be Hollow Knight eventually. It looks really good. But I'm not good at figuring out where to go with that pair of directions, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've been it, stuck on it for a long time. Yeah, no, it was the yeah. same for me. Because, like, um, I, I picked up Hollow Knight a long time ago um, after hearing everybody talk about how good it was. And then... I basically got stuck at a certain point and I pretty much dropped that game altogether because I didn't really know what else to do. And then um, I I ended up picking it back up again just to see where I was. Um, and and it's like, I, I, think, I think one of my problems with that game in particular is like... Um, it's it's kind of exhausting how long it takes to go through certain areas and um i mean granted there are certain spots where it can be easier to just to just completely dash through a level but my main problem is like uh with that uh with the ability that you need to use for that um it essentially requires like a straight line of clearance. Like if you hit anything, you're just going to eat damage. You can't really stop it uh, super well. Um, and uh, yeah, like, I don't know. Like I, th I do think it's a good game, but there are certain things about it where it's just like, um, if you're, Unless you're into uh, those types of games, which I guess um, you can basically say like Metroid style games, um, Metroidvania. It's uh, it's difficult to get through them. Um, yeah. Especially if you're not used to them either, and I'm definitely not. Uh, like, yeah, like I haven't really touched any uh, Castlevania like or Metroid like game except maybe for uh 
Yeah, no, I, I can't think of a single game like that that I've like completed all the way through. I want to say Shovel Knight, but I don't think Shovel Knight really counts in that case, actually. Shovel um, Knight's more of a proper platformer, I would think. Mm-hmm. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, I'm thinking of, oh, I think you mentioned something about um, a game you're playing that like you had one party member die and that was game over for you. A lot of my abandons have been uh, in games where there's high stakes and you just hit a dead end point really, really fast um, or you lose a lot of progress. And it's just a little, little bit of a different topic, I guess, but like those moments where uh, XCOM, I think in XCOM 1 and 2, I'm thinking of also Darkest Dungeons where you hit those points where you just have to play party wipes and that's it. I'm, I'm moving on. Or we're going to go play a different game. I'll come back to it eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the other example I'm trying to think of, oh, the first game I ever reviewed, if it's clear that the game is not putting any kind of effort in or there is like enough mildly annoying things that are kind of hard to overlook when it comes to everything from translation, poor controls, etc., I really start only get the game my time. Make War, for example, was a very poorly localized Russian game that had the looks of a mobile game. It was oh. really not very good. I was immediately, I had a hard time getting past the first menu because of the broken English that I was having to deal with. Um, and then was stuck on one portion because it was trying to tell me to place a portal somewhere in, again, horribly broken English. And it couldn't tell me where it was supposed to go. I'm going to abandon the game at that point. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like, um, I could definitely say, like, uh, overall experiences can definitely turn off anyone for sure. And and I mean, like, you know, um, a, a game that you played, Malachi, Mel Wolf Chaos, is totally that type of game. Like, and that's the thing, is, like, it has this really, it has this one really good, uh, really good thing about it that's extremely entertaining but then there's the rest of the game, and like I, like I told you, Mel Wolf Chaos is not an easy game. It's not a, um, it's it's not a a feel good game necessarily. It just, it's a, uh, it, it's a somewhat trudgingly uh, difficult game that just happens to have like one of the most hilarious uh, stories ever attached to it. Okay. Um, Sees you a little bit and yeah. how it's you look like it should be easy but i guess taking america back is harder than expected yeah um, as it it should be really it shouldn't really be that easy but that's true american army is kind of big yeah um um what was i gonna uh, metal wolf house you know what never mind that's i've i've uh i've lost it it's fine mm-hmm. yeah and um I suppose, like, I suppose I'll just end this off just because I really gave more an example rather than like an actual, an actual thing. Um, I suppose, like, David, uh, it really just comes down to gameplay for me. Um, because I mean, like, um, I, I mean, I did give Token Mirage sessions as an example, but that's more because, like, it, it, it was more just like um 
for that game in particular, I just felt like I wasn't really rewarded for any effort I put into that game. Um, but uh, similar to David, I think what really throws me off is just bad gameplay. Um, and, and that's really subjective because it can really, it can mean different things for, uh, for all people. Um, and it, so it's somewhat more, so it's kind of more subjective, but in my case, it's kind of like, I really dislike, um, I really dislike gameplay that feels, uh, that feels either extremely limited uh, as to what you can, as to what you can do, and um, or um, or gameplay that tries that tries to pretend to be complex, when really it's just like when really it's just like it's the things around the gameplay that make it that make it feel nebulous as to how well you can perform. Um, if that makes any sense, uh, and I and I guess if anything, it's like uh, that that second part applies more to applies more to Tokyo Mirage sessions, just as an example, because like I said, uh, the gameplay never felt rewarding enough to me, and it's like you know, it's a very it's a very typical. Uh, JRPG where you have equipment um, and there are some other things to it where it's like uh, like there's this mechanic called sessions which is basically that game's version of the press turn system in um, uh, in other Shin Megami Tensei games just as a uh, just as a basic um just as a basic explanation, um, it's it's similar to uh, like the super effective effect from Pokemon, where like in Pokemon it does double damage. If it's not as effective, it does uh, half damage. Um, for Shimagami Tensei, uh, it's basically it basically does increased damage. Um, it it varies it varies depending on like stats and stuff like that but essentially it does increase damage but it also gives you an extra turn um for your party which you can use to do like any number of things it's basically a very simple mechanic that adds like one extra layer of tactical of a tactical advantage um to battles um it's, it's a very rewarding system too i like it a lot anyway uh for tokyo mirage sessions um it's a similar system, but you also have to unlock skills that that basically help chain um, a super an effective attack to other attacks within your party. So it can be things like, okay, this person, this party member does an ice attack, and then that allows another party member to attack with a physical attack, and then that that physical attack can be chained to another party member that does a fire attack or something like that. So it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be like um, 
more rewarding, I suppose, but in execution, it comes off as really, as really grating and just tedious, as just tedious, really, because it plays like this uh, one to two second cutscene for each chain to have to stack on top of it. And rather than satisfying, and it doesn't feel satisfying at all, rather, uh, like I said, it feels more tedious than anything, and it really drags on the combat as well and not only that it it hardly ever feels like it has any effect if anything and i think that's and i think if anything it's like it's kind of a negative impact on on um in a metaphorical sense and also in a in a gameplay sense where so and like that's why I think that game fails for me uh, in its gameplay. Um, and that's just like one example of what I was saying before, where it's like the game tries to the tries to sell sell its gameplay as complex when when it's really like it just it's just a bunch of other things that the game surrounds its gameplay to try to make it feel complex when it's really just when it's really just shallow and it's more of just like extra things you have to do uh, in order for that gameplay to, to succeed. I I hope I explained that well enough. Um, if I didn't, I apologize, but. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. There's a fine line between letting players figure things out like naturally because there really is something to be said for organically understanding something and having that moment of just like oh that's how that works together but also you can leave a lot out and what i was saying earlier the um i think it's interesting about games is that it's such a multifaceted medium mm -hmm. that say for example what hooks you when it comes to a book or a movie i mean there's definitely a lot of different factors when it comes to it with the book for the most part it's the plot that's it. You know, maybe there's little things annoy you, like punk grammar, inflection, how the characters are, are written, etc. But for the most part, that all kind of flows together neatly. With the movie, it's just, am I enjoying this? Is this sucking me in? Is it feeling good? Game tap gets you in multiple different aspects. And if one of those things is a killjoy for you, it's likely it's going to impact the rest of them. So I think it's kind of interesting just the process of capturing some of those first few hours. It's kind of the golden hours for most games. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, maybe we can talk about that another time is like what looks like a really good intro to a game. I think it'd be an interesting topic to discuss. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um sorry, David, did you have anything else you wanted to say? No. Good. Okay. Um in that case we'll just wrap it up here. Um and as always, thank you guys for uh watching or listening if you're listening to the audio podcast. If you if you like this, um, like and subscribe to my channel uh, and follow my Twitter if you want us to answer any of your questions at all. Or uh, you can even ask a question in the comments below. I'll, I'll always check those out um, a day or two before before each recording. Um, and yeah, uh, also, uh, like I said before, uh, check out the geeksundergrace.com website. Um, if you want to see content from any of us, uh, like any of our video game reviews, 
and we'll call it there. And we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Oh,